0: Hi everyone and welcome back to Discuss. If you're wondering why there wasn't an episode last week, then you can check out my Instagram where I explained that essentially it just didn't feel right to release a podcast episode when as white people we were being asked by the black community to silence ourselves and champion their voices. Last week was important to listen, learn, reflect and educate ourselves whilst allowing the Black Lives Matter movement to be led by the black community and amplify their voices wherever possible. The full statement I made is on both my Instagram accounts, where I also acknowledge my own lack of action and take full accountability for not doing enough. I recognise that being actively anti-racist is something we must continually do, and I'm committed to learning more and doing better. I don't want to centre myself by talking about racial issues on the podcast alone or without an appropriate guest, so that's all I'm going to say for now, as I'm sure most of you have seen the full post on Instagram and the many others that I've shared from various people. I also recommended some great podcasts that I enjoy, which are hosted by black people and people of colour, as well as some specific episodes that are about race that I urge you to listen to. Details for those are on the discuss underscore podcast Instagram. In today's show notes, I've put a link to a list of useful anti-racist resources that were not curated by me, but that I wanted to share with you because they highlight ways that you can actively help towards the Black Lives Matter movement. Now on to this week's episode. and welcome to Discuss, a podcast which tries to encourage open and honest conversation around various topics and social issues. This podcast is hosted by me, Hayley Rose Dean. Each week I'll be inviting a guest onto my podcast to have a discussion around a different topic that's relevant and relatable in the world today. If you do enjoy listening, then I'd really appreciate some encouragement and feedback in the form of rating and reviewing this episode, which takes just a few minutes of your time. You can subscribe to stay up to date with the latest episodes and it also really helps others to find the podcast. Now, let's get on with the episode. On this week's episode, I chat to the lovely Sophie. I first met Sophie in primary school and we danced together weekly until we were 16 when we parted ways to separate colleges. Sophie went on to study business at university and then promptly demonstrated her entrepreneurship by creating her own health food company, Slaw, straight after graduation. She spent her early 20s grinding away and expanding her business before deciding that she needed to fulfil her desire to see the world. She left the UK, first travelling across Asia and then landing in Australia, where she spent the next two years working in farms, factories and coffee shops until her returned back to the UK in the summer of 2019. She's recently ventured onto a brand new career path, now working in property and has relocated to Leeds. Being the queen of side hustles, in addition to this, she is the founder of Show Up, a side business set up by herself, which sells jewellery and accessories alongside her self-designed posi cards, with uplifting affirmations printed on beautifully designed paper, showcasing positivity and encouraging people to open up about mental health. She kindly donates 10% of all profits made from this business to Mind Charity. And I'd like to just quickly share and celebrate some successes that Sophie's recently achieved since starting Show Up that she shared on her Instagram account last month. Since launching less than a year ago, Show Up has more than doubled how many people know and follow Show Up X online, grown international with orders from the USA and Canada, had the largest donation to Mind Charity last month, And the numbers of orders per month has gone up seven times since February. A huge congrats to Sophie and her booming business that's continually growing. As you can see, Sophie has an ambitious work ethic and isn't afraid to follow her gut instincts when it comes to career choices that might seem daunting for most of us. We cover so much ground in this episode, specifically around challenging the societal concepts of career paths, opening up about mental health and the impact of traveling in your 20s. Sophie is truly a beacon of positive inspiration and there'll be lots of relatable content for you to enjoy. Just a very quick final note that this interview was recorded back in February before the pandemic and many weeks before lockdown so you won't hear any mentions of it in this episode. So hi Soph and welcome to the podcast thanks for coming on.
1: Hi Hayley thanks for having me.
0: Um, So I get everyone as a bit of a warm-up to do uh, it's kind of like a cringy icebreaker that you do in school which is I ask everyone to recommend something to read something to watch and something to listen to but if you only want to do one or two that's fine I'm not going to like force you to do all three. Is there anything that you can recommend to
1: people? Yeah, so I absolutely love podcasts. and um, I walk to work in the morning and I listen to podcasts all the time. So I have lots of recommendations, but the one that I'm really loving at the moment is Deliciously Ella. Um so she is predominantly a foodie type person, but she does a lot of interviews with people. and um, the most recent one was it was a healthy brain podcast. Um and it just went into loads of interesting facts and tips. Um and yeah she's just gen- generally a really good podcast to listen to um books um oh I do have a book but I can't remember the name it's by Robert Kawasaki okay um it's like more of a business book so but it kind of gives you a good view on the world and how a lot of people think doing a nine to five is the safe option and that's how you should live your life but actually he kind of makes money seem it's just a bit of paper like Mm -hmm. it's hard to explain but if you read the book I think you have a really different perspective on the world of work and what you can achieve for yourself yeah um that sounds really interesting yeah it's really good even if you're not kind of like business minded like it's good just to read it because it gives you a different perspective on what you can have for yourself Mm. um and then what was the last one that I was watch (laughs) have
0: you been watching anything
1: that you recommend recently um I if I ever want to learn something I just turn to YouTube so I recently I've been learning a lot about SEO and kind of marketing stuff um And that's really interesting, but I don't know, really. I think just if you want to watch anything, YouTube is your go-to for things. (laughs) I absolutely love it. No,
0: but YouTube in general is such a, like, everything I've learned from podcasting is pretty much through YouTube. So, like, when I was going to buy equipment, like, I was just Googling, um like googling YouTube googling yeah (laughs) searching on YouTube for equipment and like reviews and I'm into cameras as well so whenever I've bought a camera I always do that and it's so helpful and there's just so much like I've never been one for following like makeup tutorials or hair tutorials because I'm just crap but (laughs) I love YouTube for like learning stuff or getting reviews on anything so just watching YouTube in general can be yeah. Yeah. a good recommendation for people definitely so i feel like there's so much that i actually want to talk to you about <laughs> um i really wanted to get you on the podcast for those who don't know sophie sophie is like a multi-hyphenate person who's done a lot of things in like in your life considering you're only like you're 28 now yeah 28, 28. you just As turned of 28 last week. So me and Sophie went to school together. We go way back. um, Primary school. Primary school, literally (laughs) since we were about four or five years old. Um, But it's really nice now we've got social media and we can stay in touch and sort of see what people are doing. And we've done a couple of similar things. And I feel like we were talking before we sort of started podcasting about different trajectories we've taken that perhaps aren't as binary or generic as other people's and so I really wanted to talk to you about business because I know you went to uni and did business but then you set up like a business sort of straight out of uni and what is really interesting to me about your business is that it was based around healthy eating and veganism but i feel like you were doing that before veganism was cool <laughs> like you were doing this like before anyone i knew was vegan before i was veggie before anyone was talking about um or it was just starting to come into play where people were speaking about health rather than like food for weight loss if that makes sense yeah. i felt like people used to eat because they used to try and minimise calories, whereas you were very much talking about health, health and like yeah. veganism. So, could you talk a bit about how on earth you managed to set up that business when you were like twenty-one years old? Yeah, and also just yeah the trajectory into becoming vegan yourself because you're vegan, right?
1: Um, so I do eat eggs. Um, oh, you're so a, I'm a not, vegan. Aren't yeah, you? <laughs> but to be fair, I have been having a little bit of fish recently, but I don't have much, and I definitely don't eat meat and dairy. So kind yeah. of a weird vegan not really a vegan but what's it called <laughs> like free
0: freeganism is it meant to be called is that freegani- what it's called well a bit you more know like I feel like we're obsessed with putting labels on everything but you know what I mean like <laughs> yeah but yeah so tell me about how you first set up your uh, health food business that was based around sort of like veganism and
1: yeah um so to kind of take it way back um my whole kind of business mind I guess came from I went traveling when I was 18 And I'd applied to uni to do a sports course because I thought I wanted to be a teacher and I wanted to do sports at uni. And then I went traveling and I saw the world in a completely different light. I saw and tasted foods I'd never tasted before. I'd seen, you know, just like a completely different world. And the only thing that I was, seeing was opportunities and i just saw these things and i thought wow that would be amazing in england wow this would be amazing in england and i just kind of thought why aren't people doing all these things and that's when i kind of came into my mind that i wanted to have my own business but then i went to uni i was learning um obviously they tell you oh get a graduate job do this do that and i got a job after uni and I was like i one I don't really care about what they're doing in this business Two, the boss and the owner was horrible and three like why was I kind of earning a really small amount for someone else and not enjoying it at the same time so I was like what can I do that is a business that I kind of know about and it sounds really funny but every time I'd bring my lunch in whether it be at uni whether it be at work anything people would always say oh my god your food looks amazing so then I was like maybe I'd be all right at doing food um so I started making things I did a few um talks at the university kind of like what people would think about the idea and um and then I think I was just a bit fed up in this job I'd been in it about two months I was getting itchy feet already and I was like I'm not staying here So I was like, right, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to set my own business, see what happens. And I'm quite an organized person and I kind of just do things. So I got in touch with every single person that I thought could help me. I um, got in touch with, there's like a pop-up shop that you can do. And I was like, do you have any spaces? Could I be on one of the days? And they said yes. And then I looked at all the events I could do, signed up to all of those, all the local kind of foodie events and markets I just kind of went from there really and then I got yeah good kind of following on social media and a good customer loyal customer base and yeah I loved it it was great and it was the best thing I decided to do <laughs>
0: oh and yeah. it was going really well for you and you're really enjoying it and then You decided to go traveling. (laughs) Yeah. So it was really interesting to me because I was watching your journey sort of on social media and it seemed like you were doing really well. And like you said, you had a social media following and I could see you doing like your pop-up shots. And so for me, I was really surprised when all of a sudden you were like, bye England, like (laughs) off on a one way sort of trip around the world. Was it a really difficult decision for you to make, to leave the business behind in order to pursue travel?
1: yeah so with me I really follow my feelings and I kind of sit with it for a few months and then if I still feel the same way then I'll go so although I absolutely love my business I felt that it was either going to the next step and getting a shop or you know like really going for it because at the moment it was all kind of pop-up shops and events and stuff I could make money from but not have a permanent kind of presence and put a load of money into it um Or do I go away, get loads of new experiences and um, go and do something a bit different? And I almost felt that I outgrew my business a little bit and that traveling was the way that I wanted to go. Um, So yes, it was hard to leave the business, but at the same time, I was following my feelings of... I want to do something else now and I can I don't feel stuck in that I've put a load of money into this so yeah I always follow my feelings and I felt that going traveling and experiencing something new was something that I needed to do to be happy Mm. Um, and like happiness is the ultimate um important kind of feeling to me and if I want to do something else and I don't feel particularly happy in a situation I'll always get myself out of it
0: yeah I can relate to that so much I'm very like I lead with my heart over my head um and I've always been that way and I'm very yeah like well what's going to make me the happiest out of these choices but did you find that there was a certain element of like backlash or judgment because as someone who chose to I went traveling straight after uni which we'll talk about in a bit but even then there were people that I just felt didn't understand my choice Mm. because it wasn't the generic option.
1: Yeah well actually going back to when I was 18 and I first went traveling when I was at work I used to work at Topshop we used to work together (laughs) at Topshop Um, it wasn't really that common back then for people to go No. and yeah and there was one girl in particular that was like Sophie what I can't believe you're doing this you're going on your own why are you doing this like I just don't understand it and so many people were saying they didn't understand it but Mm. I had my dad in my ear saying no do it it's amazing do it you need to go and explore the world you need to do something different don't just do what everyone else is doing Um, and when I decided to go traveling and leave Slaw I did have people saying but you've built this business up like it's a really good business you could take this further and it's sometimes hard when people are in your ear telling you things, but some people can get really swayed by that. But I think you just need to be really in tune with yourself. And if it's what you want to do, it doesn't really matter what other people say. Like it's your life. It's not their life. Mm. And yeah, like my mum, especially, I think she kind of thought you've worked so hard over the last few years, getting it to this point and now you're going to kind of give it up. But I didn't really see it like that. I saw it that, wow, I've had these two years and I've learned so much and I've proven to myself that I can do something like this. But now I want to do something a little bit different. And, you know, I might even find an amazing idea over there that I can bring back and do my business again with this different outlook on it and make it even better than it could have been. Mm.
0: Yeah, it's so interesting because I remember when you were going off traveling at 18... And you did like now I'm older, I'm like, "Oh my God, Sophie was like a baby because <laughs> I went traveling in my twenties when I used to meet eighteen year olds I was like, "You're a baby like, what are you doing?" but also it was just so admirable um and I was so i was I was planning as well because I remember we were both working in top shop <laughs> like to save to go traveling, and I was going to be going with some friends, but like long story short, that fell through um do you think like now you're sort of like this is 10 years later from when you went when you were 18 does it feel like so young to you like when you see 18 year olds nowadays can you believe you just like went off around the world yeah
1: I think when that you're that young you are quite naive and like you don't I didn't even have any fear like whatsoever I was just so excited to go and do it the only time I felt fear was when I first arrived there and I was in this place I first went to Thailand and it was so different to anything that I'd ever mm. been in before. And it was it was the overwhelmingness of it being so different. But then literally that day, I went down onto the Kosan Road strip and had some food on my own. And someone literally within the first half an hour like said, Oh hi, like, what are you doing? How come you're on your own? I'm on my own too. Like, do you want to do this? And yeah, it was just amazing. Went from there. Yeah. But no, I really urge anyone to go away, even if they're 18 and they're a bit scared. Like there's so many people that are happy to help you and um, and there's so many things to see, you just have to go. <laughs> yeah,
0: oh, I'm a, the biggest travel advocate as well. Mm. So coming back to then like traveling in your 20s and obviously you made the decision, you were saying before to leave behind the business, but it felt like the right thing for you and you were following your heart. Um, what kind of were you looking for something specific do you think when you went traveling because I've noticed that particularly with our generation and like our generation and a bit younger loads of people are doing it like Mm. more than ever and I don't know if that's social media like Mm. and you can see people doing it and it makes it think oh like this is an accessible option to me as
1: well I think that is like yeah yeah.
0: was there anything specifically that made you kind of want to do it or do you feel like maybe because you'd done it when you were 18 and you just felt like you wanted to do it again
1: yeah, well, I had always planned on going traveling straight after uni. Um, but then different circumstances happened, and I didn't end up going. So I think I had that niggle in me that I'd always kind of had in my mind that I was going to do it again. Mm. Um, and when I hadn't done it again, straight away, it was still there. And I still really wanted to do it. Um oh I've lost my train of thought now what was the second they no, were just saying
0: about like was there a you knew you wanted to do it and why do you think other people oh, yeah, are so, like yeah. kind of reaching for
1: it as yeah. well so I do think social media is there um and it plays a really big part and it seems less scary now because more people are doing it and it's kind of like the snowball effect mm. what I would say is though I feel like quite a lot of people are doing it for I guess saying the wrong reason. It isn't really politically correct because people can go and do what they want but it's a lot different how what people are thinking is traveling now compared to when I was 18 so when I went most recently and I came back from Australia um, just under a year ago it was very much like people would fly to um, Australia stay in the same place as if they are at home um with a group of people and literally just get drunk every weekend go out partying which is fun sometimes but I wouldn't say that's particularly traveling and what I got out of traveling when I was younger and when this time around was trying to immerse myself in loads of different experiences to learn things Mm. and get a different outlook on life like um for example most recently when I was living in Australia, I lived in Sydney for about six months. Then I lived near Cairns for four months. Then I traveled down the East Coast, lived in Brisbane for a bit. And then in my second year, I lived back in Sydney for three months, moved to Melbourne for three months. Then I did the West Coast of Australia and lived in a place called Broome for four months. So I was just immersing myself in loads of different landscapes and working with those different people so um one of my jobs was I mentioned to you before it was in a recycling factory in a town that didn't have that many people which was a really weird job but it gave me the lesson that I learned from that was that it gave me strength and resilience because it was a job that was a bit grimy um (laughs) but it was also really not mind-numbingly boring um but then I met some great people and I was kind of strong enough to do it. Um, And similarly, I've worked it when I worked in Sydney, I worked just, you know, like an office job like you would in England. So that was with lots of English people. So I guess what I think is kind of good about traveling, if you're going to do it is to Really immerse yourself in loads of different situations, don't really get comfortable in one place. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. it's just almost like a home away from home. Um, Yeah. Which it feels like Australia has kind of become that for
0: a lot of British people. And it's interesting because when I talk to people about my travels sometimes, they hone in on like the time I spent in Australia. And then when it kind of comes out the woodwork, like oh no but I spent like nine months in Latin America they're like what yeah (laughs) and I'm like yeah that was like Australia was sort of like not really my traveling as such it was more like I'd spent so much time traveling that I then needed to like live and work somewhere and I didn't want to go home yet and I knew that you got paid better in Australia (laughs) so it was like oh well I can earn like money quicker here and it's like cool to be in a new different place But it does seem to, yeah, like the dynamic, uh, not the dynamic, but like the concept of what like traveling is seems to have really changed. Yeah. Um, you were talking then about learning like kind of things that you learned from traveling and like how it changed you. Do Mm. you think, do you genuinely believe that it changed you in a certain way?
1: Yeah, so I think the more you're exposed to something different than what you're used to, the kind of different perspectives you can have on life. Mm. Um. For example, at one place that I worked at, there was a guy and he he was a recovering drug addict, but I'd never really worked with anyone who had gone through something like that. Mm. And I don't know, I think you become more kind of sensitive to people, if that's the right word or you kind of understand people more and you have more of an appreciation that not everyone is the same as you and people do go through different things in life um but yeah it, I, I learned I did learn a lot I definitely learned a lot um even like the way of living for example in au- in Australia back to Australia um in England it's work comes first, then life comes second. In Australia, life comes first, work comes second. Absolutely. (laughs) So the fact that you're kind of surrounded by people who are so passionate about having a good life and living a healthy lifestyle, kind of then you think, yeah, this is the better way of living. You should have your life as number one, work as number two. And I've kind of brought that In my mind, back from Australia, whereas before it was very much like, right, work, work, you need to succeed, you need to do well, you need to be seen to be successful. And actually, no, that's not the most important thing. And I think Mm. even coming back to England now, there's so many people that have that mindset that are around me that haven't gone away. And maybe I would still have that mindset if I hadn't gone away. So, yeah. No, either. I
0: completely like. I completely agree, yeah. and I feel like I always say to people, I never came home the same person mm. because there's this really like um, cringy thing that you go traveling to find yourself. Yeah. And I, the in between is really yeah, comes like, to yeah. Mind. <laughs> and I don't think like I didn't go traveling to find myself. I think I went. Tra- I think I partly went for escapism, yeah. and I think that's like a big thing that a lot of people go for because I do think that the uk is a difficult place for young people to be and to try and become something or someone i think that we've found ourselves in a situation where there's a lot of like limited opportunities for young people Mm. um due to a number of reasons that like we won't sort of go into. But so I think there's a lot of people sort of fleeing for that uh, the grass is greener mentality. Yeah. Whereas for me, I feel like I'd always wanted to travel and I kind of, um, I travelled in between my uni summers. That was my first sort of exposure to it. So I did maybe like six weeks. Was it six weeks? I did six weeks in Southeast Asia. And then like the next summer I did six weeks into Railing, and I just, mm-hmm. that was where I kind of got my flavour for travelling. Um, but it really does like being exposed to so many cultures mm. so many different elements you come home and you I just don't think you can look at things the same because you can't help but cross compare yeah. like you were saying the Australian mindset and the British mindset and I found that as well like I was working on a farm and I remember they used to come round and be like really bad Australian accent impression coming up <laughs> <laughs> they would be like have you finished that already like slow down yeah <laughs>
1: I think English I'm so people, sorry for my accent. <laughs> <laughs> I think um English people are known to be really hard workers. Um and actually oh no, I'm not gonna say that. But yeah, English people are known to be hard workers to Australian people. Mm. So yeah. <laughs> but it was just so bizarre to me
0: that people would come up and be like, Oh, you need to slow down. I was yeah. like, What do you mean? You want me to doss about a bit more? <laughs> yeah. It's just such a strange thing. They're just so chilled and do you know what Mm. it did for me I don't know if you found this like it made me realize how I'd been socially conditioned by my own culture yeah 100 million percent I literally like I know we've got this like stereotypical stiff upper lip and like you know the way that British people are that you've seen in so many comedy sketches but I'd never seen it in myself more until I was exposed to other cultures and was like I remember once me and Johnny were queuing at um at a border, he brought this up to me the other day, which is why it comes to mind. We were queuing at a border crossing, and like you know what they're like, they're such a nightmare, and there's like yeah. big queues. Um, and this person just like I kind of loosely remember it, like, but Johnny remembers it more clearly. Like, this person kind of came to like jump, queue, jump <laughs> that's like a pet hate of English and people. obviously, like, even thinking about it, I'm like arsehole yeah. so I said something because I just can't I just can't I okay. literally was like excuse me this is the queue we're all waiting to get through it and like thankfully they could understand me um and they just sort of looked so confused I was like yeah this everybody is waiting like yeah. to queue um and then they like oh oh and they were really embarrassed I said yeah like go to the back of the queue. <laughs> And then, like, these guys were American behind us and they were, like, cracking up. They said, oh, you can always rely on an English person to sort out a cue. Oh, <laughs> my like, God. And I just said to them, were you not just so angry that that person had the audacity <laughs> to cut in the queue?" Um, but it's just, like, funny things like that. And you realise, yeah, your own social conditioning and you're mm. like, oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah. Well, I there's so many people that say to me now and while I was, while I was away same age as me sometimes younger oh my god i wish i could do what you were doing i wish i could and i said why can't you mm. oh well i'm um i'm i'm in the rat race now i can't get out of it yes you can like i think of this as employers can replace you like no offense to anyone but you're not that special <laughs> like they yeah. are going to get rid of you they are going to replace you when you look back at your life are you going to want to say I'm so glad I stayed with that employer. They're so loyal to me. I highly doubt it. What they're looking for is the profit and the bottom line and are you doing your job right? Are you working to the bone for this company? Like, why don't you value yourself as Mm. almost like the company and just you're working really hard to better yourself and anyone can go away and do that. You, You don't have to be staying in a job because you think that's the right thing to do like listen Mm. to what you want to do if you see me doing it and you think I wish I could do that do it like you want to do it just do it
0: yeah it made me really sad like when I when I very first came home and I remember I went out um just for some drinks with some friends and just randomly, because this never happens to me um, when I go home to Cambridge anymore. I don't live there anymore, but we're both from there. I saw a couple of people from like school or college that night, just really randomly. And all of them were like oh my gosh, what you've done is so amazing. And I remember one guy, um, I won't say his name, I'll tell you after it was, um, said to me like, oh, like what you've done, I've just been in awe. You know, like I was so shocked he'd even been following me on Instagram because we weren't really like huge friends at school. And he said to me, I'm just so in awe of it. And like, can I ask genuinely, seriously, like how have you done it? I don't understand like how you've done it. Um, Did you have to like quit a job? I just, you know, and the biggest fear was, one quitting his job and two money like how to save for traveling like what kind of things do you say to people that they're like obviously you've sort of covered the job thing but the saving money thing is one Mm. that I've come across loads like what do you what's your answer for that one
1: so I think it's kind of ingrained in me I'm quite good at saving money but you've just got to picture say you've got a deadline right I really want to go away um in one year look at what you're spending money on. So are you going on pointless nights out where it was a mediocre night out? Or maybe you can go out once a month instead of every re- weekend for a special event, really enjoy it and just spend that, I don't know, 60 pounds once rather than four times 60 pounds. Or I don't know, just just look at what you're kind of doing at the moment. Um, what are you spending your money on? is that more important than you going away so you just got to have your different priorities you've got to see whether going away is more important than that other thing um even little things like I do love getting a coffee out but (laughs) I'm really sad like I kind of um I've done like a financial thing for the year because I'm trying to save money for um kind of the house situation and if you, you know, if you spend money on a coffee every single day, it amounts to like hundreds of pounds a year. And then if you're like, right, what could I do with that 100 pounds? Oh, okay, that would be like, I don't know, um, two weeks in this country. Or Mm -hmm. there's, you you just got to kind of sit down and really analyze your spending habits and um, just make sure that you kind of prioritize what you want. Yeah.
0: Or something else that I sometimes say to people is like, if it's not the job and it's the money that's worrying like that's you feel is hindering you more like you know maybe if you're someone who lives in London and you just don't get any spare cash anyway yeah. each month move then home. consider yeah. <laughs> yeah or like you know if you've got the option move move home and save or we were talking before about how much um, further we can make our money go living in Australia. Mm. So I say to people like having a British passport is such a privilege. Like you've mm. got visas to so many countries inclusive of Canada, New Zealand and Australia that yeah. I know um, Australia firsthand and the other two countries like, you know, from friends of friends in my own research because I very nearly went to them instead that your money can go further there. Yeah. Like they're just probably better places to save than like... London like London is such a hard place to live and save
1: it's kind of like a catch-22 as well because people say oh I don't have any money to go traveling but even if you had I don't know it might sound like a lot of money to be, but even if you had two thousand pounds which you could save over a few paychecks even if you had that that's enough to go and set yourself up in a country because you're going to get a job really quickly because Mm -hmm. you're English and and like we were going back to the point earlier they think English people a lot of people think English people are hard working and you like you you can do it with quite a low amount of money so yeah moving home even now like where I'm living this rent is really cheap because I know in the long term I'm going to be able to move into a house quicker if I get a flat that is cheaper maybe in not as nice of an area but it's okay yeah and then getting a city center apartment that's double the price um you know like you just got to think of the longer term picture
0: yeah and as you were saying just then like it's all about choices you were just sort of talking about making different choices so I feel like we've spoken loads about traveling and choosing to go traveling and what I want to talk to you about is coming home from traveling Mm. because I remember one of the things people would say before I went was like you know But if you make this choice, you're going to come home and it will be harder to kickstart a career or you'll be um, three years behind your career and Mm -hmm. um, it might be more difficult for you to get a job because of all these reasons, um, I would look less employable in Mm -hmm. theory. So how did you find coming home? Mm.
1: So um, it's quite funny, actually, because if my mum's listening to this, (laughs) don't take offense to this because... Honestly, don't worry about it, but basically, um when I came home, we went to it was like it called Over Carnival, you know what yeah, Over Carnival yeah. <laughs> is. And I went there with mum and dad, and there were a group of my friends um in the year below actually and a few years below that, and we just got chatting, that we were talking about going away and then one of my friends said, "Oh yeah, we've just um I've just bought a house with my boyfriend." we talk about that. Then we came back from over carnival and mum was like, don't you ever feel like you've been left behind? And like, you know, they've got all these things and you haven't got a house and you could have had a house. And and I was like, mum, those very same people were the ones that were messaging me saying, I wish I could be doing what you're doing. And I truly believe that I will have a house, but I'll have it in a few years time. And it's not on my priorities. And it comes back to the point of People think your life should be a certain way mm-hmm. and it's up to you how you live your life and for me that didn't bother me that my friend had got a house with her boyfriend um i know that i value so much more going away and being behind um well seen as being behind yeah. than having a house so yeah. Yeah. I know it feels like um
0: sort of going all the way back to that social conditioning thing where you're conditioned to feel like you know you need to get a ho- get a job then get a house and mm. then you know there's these steps that we're sort of expected to adhere to. Mm. And I think with me because I went traveling straight from uni so I kind of was like I wasn't running away from a career or leaving a career I was just sort of postponing starting one Mm. and then when I came home I just it was different for me when I came home because we didn't know what we were doing if we were going to go back out there so I ended up I did end up being one of those people that was working in a job I hated like really begrudging being home living back with my mum and dad because I'd literally had absolutely no money Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I'd spent all of it um and I'm not saying it's the most ideal situation. And like, there were probably times where I was like, oh, this is so annoying. Like, my friends have their own houses or yeah. whatever they were doing. But I never regretted my decision no. to travel. And never, mm. ever. And like, the whole time I would just always, whenever anyone made comments, say, but I've seen the world. Yeah. They're not going to cover even half. The amount of the world that I've seen yeah and that is something that I value more
1: yeah exactly it's it's all just down to you and I think the people that say things like that like my mum who said that it's because she, they worry like parents worry and they mm. want the best for you and they they might think oh she's going to be upset that they've got that but actually no because like you said I much rather value seeing all the things I've seen and um, and back to the what you said about employability I don't think that it makes you unemployable if anything it makes you more employable because mm. you're more what they say is well rounded um so if you're worried about getting a job when you come come back then I would not say that's something to worry about. No,
0: I tried really hard. I remember coming back to like sort of sell that as a big thing on my CV. And I remember I signed up to a um, like recruitment agency just because I like needed money ASAP. (laughs) And when I was sort of briefing over the phone what I'd been up to and I said, oh, I've just spent the last couple of years traveling. I've just got home. She actually said to me, oh, that's great. Like employers, we can sell that really well to employers. And I I was really shocked because I'd had so many people telling me it was going to be harder for me. Mm -hmm. I sort of went, oh, really? She said, yeah, yeah, no, it's great. They love people who've traveled. Mm-hmm. Um, it also shows that you're unlikely to go traveling again. again. Like you've done <laughs> yeah. it, it's out your system. Yeah. So you're more likely to be there long term. not entirely true, but <laughs> yeah, I think no. people
1: think that, don't they? Yeah,
0: I think that's sort of what she was saying at the time. So when you came home, you then didn't return back to your business, which was called Slaw, that yeah. you'd started beforehand. Mm-hmm. How did you come about that
1: decision? So... While you're out there you obviously learn a lot about yourself and I kind of reflected on what I was doing and what I loved doing with my business was creating new recipes and um, speaking with people but the other side of it that I didn't like was making food on a mass scale and all the other things that came with it so I kind of looked back and reflected and I thought right is this kind of where I want to go with my life is this something that I want to pursue I didn't want to hold on to it just because I had done it and it was something easy. I kind of, again, reflected on what I wanted and listened to what I felt would make me happy. And that wasn't something that would make me happy that I thought. And um, while I was away, I started listening to a lot of podcasts when I was working in the recycling factory. And I got a newfound love for property and I really wanted to get into property. So I thought again back to kind of the educational side how can I get a job that's going to educate me to go off and do what I want to do with property so I found a job um in property um it's an investment property company and I'm currently working there so it's all about learning for me (laughs) so Yeah. yeah that's kind of how I came to the decision of that but I've again I always want to have something for myself so as you know I've got a little side business called show up um, and that kind of gives me the energy and um, makes me equally as happy as and slaw and my business before
0: yeah so I do want to talk about show up more in a minute but I just want to talk about the fact that you came home and after listening to podcasts and doing your research decided you wanted to go into property mm. which was something that am I right in thinking you had no prior experience no, in? you never <laughs> considered before and I just really find that so admirable because mm. I think that there's a lot of people like you used the term rat race before and like mm. I know what people mean by that and for me what people mean is that they found themselves in a job, they're climbing a career ladder, they're probably getting sort of good salary increases, if not annually, then they've had a couple of like, you know, pay rises. And they don't feel like they can jump from that ladder to a different ladder. Yeah. Um, I feel like I might have taken this metaphor too far. but (laughs) You know what I mean? So people don't feel like they can start a new career in a different area because, oh, but that's not what I studied or that's Mm. not my area. I don't know about that um did you find it more difficult like or more challenging because say when you went for your job interview obviously you got the job but do you feel like you um found it more of a challenge because you didn't have the experience or Mm. like it was a new thing or you had to like prove yourself more and what Mm. sort of advice would you give to people that are considering hopping career paths
1: so it's all about you as a person if you really want something that really shines through so I self-educated myself through listening to podcasts so I had an idea already about the industry so although I hadn't worked in it I'd educated myself and I knew enough about it to prove to employers that I was really passionate about learning and this was something that I wanted to have a career in so like (laughs) it's such a cliche but the world is literally your oyster. if you want something you can get it like when I got this job, it there wasn't even a job advertisement. I oh really? I knew I wanted to work in property investment. So you just got to think outside the box. So what I did was I typed into Google property investment companies UK. I didn't mind about relocating as I'd been away before. Moving 2 hours from Cambridge seemed like nothing having lived 24 hours from Cambridge yeah. in Australia. So I typed that into Google loads came up um and then I just got emailing them I didn't ring them because I thought kind of cold calling them was a bit full-on um Mm -hmm. so I emailed a load of companies yes some of them didn't get back to me some of them did but they didn't have a job but this one did and they did have a job um well they were going to make a job for me so I popped and saw them had an interview um then had a second interview and then I got the job. So I think if you really want something, you can get it. You just have to think that not everything is going to come to you and mm. opportunities are available that aren't seen to the eye. You know, like this job advert wasn't on a job site because there wasn't a job. This job has been made for me. So, you know. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's amazing. I never knew that that's how you'd kind of manage to get that job. I think also it's about having resilience. Yeah. Like, I've had I think sometimes people think you know like I work in the creative sector and I get a lot more rejections from jobs than I do jobs like Mm. especially since being freelance it's really competitive and it's really difficult Um, and I think that a lot of the time people can presume which it'll be interesting to know if this is something you have found that if you've managed to be one of those people that's hopped from like one thing to another you've maybe had like a connection and internally or like a friend of a friend or known someone (laughs) but I find that that is something that people tend to presume like not even just through me but through other people Mm. but actually you know like I don't know anyone at all like there's no one in my family that's trying to that Lucy even works in the industry that I'm trying to pursue there's no one um none of my friends actually other than the ones I've met obviously through work but like none of my friends like no one can kind of help me get to the places I've gotten to and you're very much the same as well um and I just think do you think it's fear really that holds people back like do you think that people kind of do know they could do it but don't want to put the
1: effort in or they're just too scared of the failure? I think that's a massive thing. And I think people do like the easy option. I think because in England, we are um, really lucky to be able to have all, all these options of of jobs and mm. we could get a job quite easily if we were qualified in something. Yeah. So I think one, it is ease of, of getting a job um, in something you already know. So people just kind of stick to it. But again, it comes back to having not if you haven't experienced a lot of things and seen what can be possible from doing things like going travelling, then you only know what you only know. So if people around you, well, the majority of people around you have got a job in what they studied in and they applied online, then then if there's that one person out of the twenty friends they have that hasn't done that and they've gone a different way, they see that as ab- normal almost and oh well that it must be xyz why that's happened Mm -hmm. like and there's a you know there's a reason um there's always a reason why they've done that but actually if you've gone away i met loads of people that were doing their own business and more actually than people who had got jobs um when i was in places like indonesia and stuff there was lots of people Um, doing freelance work from there so it's not abnormal it's just the surroundings you put yourself in yeah what you come to think what is normal and what's kind of a bit different yeah
0: of course something else that I've sort of realized as well is that I think there's almost like a glamorization due to social media that comes with people like me and you that kind of aren't taking that sort of generic route so I think people think that they should be doing that. Um, and they should be, you know, like there's almost becoming like an element of social pressure where people feel like, Oh, um, I shouldn't just be staying in the same job and I should be trying to do that. But actually they're really happy in the same job and they're really comfortable there. And I think it's not said enough times that actually there's nothing wrong with working for like one company. You don't have to do what we we've done like and you know there's nothing wrong if you're more than happy than working for one company like your whole life and that's what makes you happy and it gives you that stability and that comfortability then that's fine because I think there's almost you see what I mean like in social media sometimes I think there is like a glamorization of having side hustles or you know jumping to different projects and freelancing Mm. but underneath that is so much hard work (laughs) that people just don't realize yeah and I think like leading into this it sort of brings us into show up and what you mentioned before and mm. so you've got this side business show up mm. what made you want to start that and can you just tell people who don't know about it that are listening to this a bit about show up and and what it is
1: yeah so um as I went kind of going back to before I always like to have something that I'm kind of doing for myself that's what makes me happy I'm not doing it because I feel like I need to do it it's something that I like doing. So that's one point to put out um so show up is it's a online um kind of based business and um it came from i had a friend who um told me that she was suffering and um, with her mental health and she was on antidepressants at this point i was in australia and i felt helpless like mm. i can't believe she's going through this and i'm the other side of the world um So I think it's really lovely when you get something in the post or something that you're not expecting and it's very personal and from the heart almost. So I found a really nice postcard and I wrote a letter to her and basically said, even though I was in Australia, I was here for her and kind of brought back some happy memories and, you know, like basically was keeping in touch with her and making sure that she knew there was someone there that cared about her mm-hmm. that's so lovely <laughs> um and then I I just thought there's gonna be so many people that feel like that sometimes I even feel like that a few weeks ago I felt like that, that I didn't really have anyone and um my dad actually sent me some flowers and Aww. I wasn't expecting it and that yeah. was just so lovely and then it makes you have a different perspective on on the world and yeah, there are people that care about me because they've taken their time out of the day to do this. So with Sharp, I wanted to create a platform where people could do this. And I paired accessories, so earrings, necklaces, rings, something that's kind of relatable and kind of a smaller gift with mm-hmm. Positivity postcards. So each series of postcards have a different, a, a different focus on a mental health struggle we can have. So it's been going for about four and a half maybe five months now so the first series was focused on anxiety Mm -hmm. and the posi cards either have a positive quote a positive affirmation or just kind of general uplifting advice on them and i designed them so they're kind of nice to maybe put in a frame or um put on your wall or you know on your fridge um and either you can buy this for yourself and you get a free positivity postcard with every accessories order or you can buy them individually. Um, Or you can send it as a gift to your friend and have the option of writing a handwritten note, which I do personally. Um, So yeah, sorry, I forgot to say about the different series. So the first series was on anxiety. The second one was on body positivity. And the current one is on success and the pressures we can put on ourselves to be, in inverted commas, successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and the next few series um, are kind of to be confirmed, but they all kind of relate to a mental health struggle we can have and they are all positive postcards. um, And I call them posi cards. So. Yeah. And yeah. what's the response been like to the business so far? Oh, uh, it's been incredible. It's been really good. So it's all about getting the name out there to grow it further but what i would say the people that i have the customer base i have at the moment are so loyal like i have people ordering on a monthly basis um if not multiple times a month and actually last month i was really happy with the response i had to the valentine's um idea so oh yeah i loved that (laughs) can you talk about that that was really sweet so I made a positivity postcard that was specific for Valentine's Day, and kind of put it out there to girls that if they wanted to, it would be a good idea um, to send something to their single friend. So maybe they'd gone through a breakup, or maybe they've just been single for a while, and it's it's not a day that I think should just be around relationships in kind of like a romantic sense. It can be you love your best friend. So a lot of girls um sent these gifts to their friends with the handwritten notes on them and it was just so lovely writing them out and reading what other girls had said to their girl mates yeah and oh I absolutely it was it, it was a really good response and I'm gonna do that next year and I'm gonna think of other kind of events that we can do that to kind of encourage people that this is what show ups for and this is what you can do and you can make someone really happy just by sending this
0: <laughs> yes i loved your valentine's day one because i'm a massive valentine's day cynic i hate it <laughs> um, i've always hated it but i've hated it because it doesn't feel inclusive because it feels like we highlight um you know people in relationships and put them on like a big pedestal and mm. then uh, anyone else who isn't that is excluded and like I I don't like that like I've been on both sides of the fence of Valentine's Day and I Mm. genuinely I've never really cared about it whether I'm in a relationship or not I've always felt like it's a weird day like I don't need a day for my um boyfriend to tell me (laughs) that he loves me any more than any other day um but without going into valentine's day bashing what i did like this year is the like the hashtag Valentine's day thing yeah. which was all about like you know like friendship and like it doesn't have to be a day and i do feel like it's moving away from being just about you know people in relationships and reminding mm-hmm. us that, that friendship is something to celebrate as well and yeah. just to send a bit of love and yeah it was just really nice and yours show ups um take on valentine's day was really nice for someone like me to see because it it sort of reminded me oh actually like you know people are starting to realize that valentine's day can be a bit of a crap day for people who aren't in relationships and people are sort of tackling that head-on and Mm -hmm. i thought it was lovely so how do you manage (laughs) having a full-time job and a side business because and i know obviously you monetize off your side business as well so yeah that you know I podcast for example as like a side hustle but I don't monetize off my podcast yet (laughs) yet but but I it it is sort of like a hobby whereas for you like there's monetization in it and I know Mm. that that takes like you know a different amount of of effort therefore when you're sorting out taxes and all that sort of stuff
1: to do with it how do you
0: manage them both (laughs)
1: um so the first thing is like I always try and make sure I'm enjoying it and the kind of when i get responses from people about the business and how much they they love it and they think it's a great idea that kind of powers me on to um work hard so on my lunch breaks i do stuff on my website or i respond to emails um that that's kind of like when i catch up on things um and then i don't know because i enjoy doing it mm. i i don't really see it as like a managing it it just kind of happens because when I'm creating and designing the posse cards I love like creating the quotes and I love kind of getting ideas from other people and I love designing them equally with the jewelry I love choosing them and I love browsing what I like that I think other girls would like so I don't know if there's even anything that I don't I don't really enjoy taking the photos and that can take a really long time but through doing this I've actually had photographers reach out to me and say look um, I love what you're doing and I love your accessories Um, if you sent me them I'd be so happy to take photos of them so I've actually got two girls now that are really good photographers that for my next series are going to be taking photos for me so they're getting a reward from one getting the products for free and two um they're getting kind of more photos in their portfolio of showing the different things they can take photos of and I'm winning from it because I don't have to take the photos and the photos are going to be 10 times better than me taking them on my iPhone (laughs) so um yeah I do lunchtime I do some stuff I do get up quite early and I do some things then and sometimes I do it after work but I do have a boyfriend as well. So I need to not neglect him, which I think sometimes he thinks I do. (laughs) But yeah, like I said, I genuinely enjoy doing it. So it doesn't feel like I'm really working hard. And those
0: connections that you've made, like, so the photographers that reached out, is that all since Instagram, like, is that all via Instagram, like, via your social media page and they've reached out to you?
1: Yeah, every single... Actually, no, there was one... One of the girls is a friend of a friend, but she did... She was following me through her friend. Right. So it kind of... That's how it emerged. But this other girl, completely random, I've never even met her. Yeah, it was literally... She just reached out to me. And similarly with... um, you know, influencers. Mm -hmm. They, I do reach out to some to try and spread the word about what I'm doing. But also, there are quite a lot of girls that reach out to me and say, I absolutely love what you're doing and I completely am behind the kind of reason as well as loving the accessories that you have. So, would you be open to doing this it's all about just you know yeah (laughs) i guess (laughs) that's that's where
0: social media can be great it's like free Mm. marketing isn't it yeah so you did you did do business at uni am i right in thinking that so do you think that having a business degree has Mm. largely helped you with setting up say like a side business or do you think that actually bringing it right back around to the beginning with things like youtube being such a huge resource for people to be able to search or read books anyone is capable of setting up sort of a side hustle whether they monetize or not off it
1: yeah 100% like there's so many resources out there and like I said before it's all about you as an individual if you really want something you can do it and there's so many resources in the form of YouTube or blogs or even just reaching out to your friend that knows her friend that knows a friend who's in Mm -hmm. that industry that you want to get into or you want to start your business in it's just literally putting yourself out there
0: yeah well so it's been so good to chat to you uh where can people find show up because also something else that you do is invite people to tell their stories if they feel comfortable which i did for your first series and yeah do your little spiel about where people can find you (laughs) Um, and how they can do that
1: i forgot to note as well and because it's around mental health 10% of all the profits go to mind charity. Oh yeah. Right. Um so yeah, it's all about kind of mental health and helping people. And like you said, I have a story section online. So the website is um www.showup so that's s h o w u p x.co.uk. And um people have shared their stories on there relating to the series. So um you shared one about anxiety mm-hmm. and I've had girls on body positivity and girls on the pressures of success. So if you have anything in any of those forms or anything whatsoever, you can get in touch. Um my email is on the website, but it's also higher at showupx.co.uk and um you can send in your story and you get a five pound voucher for doing so if you want to follow me on social media um all of so facebook and instagram is the same so it's at show up x um and yeah you can find me on that
0: i'll put links <laughs> to all of this in the show notes anyway but um I would really really recommend following I'm wearing show up earrings today Yay. that I got for doing the anxiety story it was the first time I'd ever spoken about my anxiety openly yeah. and like put my story out there and I actually was like I got a couple of people like message like from yeah. show up like who knew me and were like oh like I read your story and mm. then yeah and I get loads of compliments on my earrings
1: so. <laughs> <laughs> and also did it you put a post on about you kind of you opened up quite a lot after that so Did it help you?
0: I literally had never spoken about it. It's something that... Because I did mine last... Like, towards the end of last year, didn't I? Yeah. It was, like, the first one. And um, I had... Had a really bad time of anxiety earlier in the year, and it's like the first time I'd had therapy. But I just kind of like hadn't told anyone, like no one apart from immediate friends, um yeah. family and a few friends. No one knew. And so when you were doing that, and I'm all for just like women supporting women, and you were doing this new business venture, and I was like, oh, I really want to support Sophie if I can. And then so when mm. you were asking for stories, I was like, oh, I'll just message her, but she'll probably like you know like have loads of other people message no. and stuff. <laughs> and you were like, yeah, 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 I'll do your story. And I was like. <gasps> This is really oh scary God, I got to write it now. I actually got to do it, um, and I did do it. And then, yeah, since then, it honestly did make me feel more comfortable talking, talking about it because mm. um a couple of people messaged me after they'd seen like that the post had been shared, and mm. then now I try to talk about it. And I have to honestly say, like everyone says, talking's the best therapy. But actually being open about it, rather than trying to hide and suppress mm. it, really helps
1: me. Like, and I find it that's easier. That's literally the whole reason behind it, and also when you're writing the story I've had a lot of girls who wrote this who have written stories say that it just feels like a release like they've yeah. actually just put it out to the world and then also girls that aren't at that stage where they feel that they can write something or tell the world at least when they're reading other people's stories if they can relate to it they may not feel like they are you know abnormal or they shouldn't be feeling like this or it's it's oh god you know like oh, they can yeah. relate to it and get something from it so I th- hope it's like a win-win um for people reading it and people writing it which it seems it has been so i feel like it definitely has been mm-hmm.
0: thank you, it's thank been you. so good to, talk to you <laughs> i was
1: so nervous about going on the podcast but it's been great thank oh, you <laughs> no, it's
0: been great to have you good chat <laughs> that was such a great chat with sophie i really hope you enjoyed it thanks so much for listening if you found this episode useful then please consider leaving a review on itunes it really does go a long way and I'd be super grateful. You can follow us on Instagram at discuss underscore podcast to keep the conversation going or show your support by sharing the podcast with a friend who you think might enjoy it too. Thanks again and I hope you all have a great day. Bye.